Bless the Lord. Thank you, Quran. Hallelujah. The heart of the Father. Come on, somebody bless him right now. The heart of the Father for his Amen. people. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your heart. We thank you for your heart that leads us and guides us and keeps us, covers us, loves us when we're unlovable. We thank you, God, because you're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. You are a good, good father. And Father, you manifest yourself in so many ways in our lives, God. Like our very own earthly dads that would provide for us and take care of us and watch over us. Father, you do that and go beyond even what an earthly father could even ever do. So Father, we just thank you that you are the progenitor of all good things for us. Hallelujah. I was just listening to a song that kept saying, he's going to turn everything for my good. He's going to turn everything for our good. That's what our father does. He turns everything for our good. Amen. Hallelujah. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns for our good. Hallelujah. Do I have any witnesses in the house tonight that know that God will turn it for your good. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, would you greet somebody around you, beside you, in front of you, behind you, somewhere, and just tell them, I'm glad to be here with you tonight. And would you bless the Lord as you have your seat tonight in the presence of God Almighty. Hallelujah. I want to encourage those of you who are online with us tonight to just grab a pen, a paper, your Bible, grab something to write some notes down uh, because I believe that God is going to speak to us in a profound way tonight and it's going to be a good word tonight. Uh, I'm excited about what God is speaking into our spirits right now. How many of you were blessed by the word Sunday? Those of you that are here, were you? Yeah, hallelujah, glory. Well, I am so glad that you were here. If you were not here, you can always go to our YouTube channel. And those uh, services are archived there, right? Yes, we have every Sunday service. Uh, we continue to receive requests to get this, just a sermon. And so um, it goes live at 5 and at 7 p.m. right after our service at 10 o'clock. So if there were things that you found some nuggets that benefit you and you want to share those feel free to share the link at five o'clock and at 7 p.m it comes out again the the sermon and so you can there's just so much um there's such much so much richness in the yeah. in the messages so it's feel free to, to share it one time yes you got to go back you know we love it because when we're editing we're continuing to hear the words like man that was good <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome and we do encourage you to go back and listen to it you know it's an interesting thing that um, God made certain animals uh, with an ability to eat food and then they go lay down and they bring the food back up, which sounds gross, but they bring it back up and they mulch it or they chew it in their mouth until they get all of the nutrients out of it. And it's uh, a lot of times referred to as chewing their cud. 
And sometimes in the word, you got to chew the cud. <laughs> you got to go bring it back up and just chew on it for a while. And like, man, you know, just piece by piece and little by little, you know. So I wanted to just kind of tap into something that we mentioned Sunday. Um, in the service Sunday, we were talking about staying with your assignment. And I think that everybody cries out to know purpose in life. Everybody cries out to know what is my destiny? What am I called for? What is the purpose that I was sent to the earth for? Am I talking to anybody in here tonight? Anybody ever felt that way? Why did you send me? Why did you allow me to come to the earth? And why am I in this space at this time right now? And I want to just kind of help us understand a couple of things about purpose. Um, the scripture uses the word purpose in Ephesians in several places. Um, and I don't want to just get into a bog down into a lot of scriptural reading, but you know, Paul was writing and he said, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we were united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people get caught up in predestination right there. And they like, well, if everything is preordained and predestined, then why do I even have to pray? Let me help you understand something. It is just like, how many of you understand the principle of gravity? <laughs> that if you go up, you're going to come down? Yeah, that's preordained. <laughs> that was determined before you got here. So if you get on the building and you jump off, Guess what? You're not going to fly. You're going to hit the ground and it's going to hurt. <laughs> How many of you understand what I'm saying? Preordained in God is much the same way. He set it up so that those of us who say yes, if you say yes, this is what you walk in. If you say no, this is what you reap. Okay? So it's not that he chose all of us and said, you are going to be saved no matter what you do. You're just going to be saved. No, he set it up because he knew somewhere down inside us, there's a bunch of us. Somebody look around your neighbor and say, there's a bunch of us. There's a bunch, of us. <laughs> there's a bunch more of us than we're seeing right now tonight. There's a bunch on the line. There's a bunch around the earth. There's a bunch... There's a bunch in China. There's a bunch in, in Muslim countries. There's a bunch in, in all kinds of places that have decided to follow Jesus Christ and receive him as their Lord and Savior yes, yes. in spite of their country rules, in spite of everything else that they go through. We got it easy because over here we get to choose freely and we get to walk freely into a purpose of choosing God. And we choose God and we get to come and worship and even announce our service times online and put signs out in the front yard and everything else while others have to go underground and have to hide and have to depend on the secrecy of their neighbors to even keep themselves alive. But they have decided, somebody, they have decided to follow Jesus. And guess what? They get to walk in the same blessing, the same favor,
the same benefits. God heals there just like he heals here. Why? Because it was predetermined that if you say yes, this is what you get. How many of you understand that? Y'all get that? So does that help you with preordination uh, and predestination? So he said, so we praise God for this glorious grace he poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. And God has now revealed to us the mysterious will, mysterious will regarding Christ which is the plan to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance. How did he choose us in advance? Because he set it up that way. If you say yes, these are the ones that's going to say yes. This is what's going to happen for those who say yes. He said, and he makes everything work out according to his plan or his purpose. God's purpose was that we Jews were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, having also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as own by giving you the Holy Spirit, which he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us an inheritance, the inheritance he promised, and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. That is our main purpose. <laughs> now I can drop the mic right there. Bam. It is that we would praise and glorify him. That's the purpose. That in and in the mystery of the mystery of God is simply this Christ in us. The hope of glory. He came, he walked on the earth. He said, I'm going back to the Father. And when I go back to the Father, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I myself will come to you. I will send another. My Father will send another, a paraclete, a one called alongside to help you. And he will be called the Spirit of Truth. He will come and assist you and lead and guide you into all truth. Amen. Come on, somebody. How many of you had felt the Lord nudging you and leading you today and and just pushing you in directions. And you're like, man, where is that coming from? What is that? You know, I want to, tell, I want to help you because all of that is connected to your purpose. Yes. So you want to know your deeper purpose. There's another place in the scripture that I won't even go there. But First Thessalonians 5, uh, I want to say it's 16, 17, and 18, something like that. Where he said, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And he says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God is that uh, you, for everything, give thanks is the first one. And then he says, pray without ceasing. You say, well, I don't know how to pray without ceasing. Man, it's hard for me to pray for five minutes. I'm not talking to anybody in this room. <laughs> It's hard for me to pray for five minutes. Let me tell you what praying without ceasing means. How many of you, uh, as soon as you were born, you started eating? 
Anybody start eating when you were born? Every one of you did. Whether you can raise your hand or not. I don't know if I did or not. I don't know. Yes, you did because you're still here. So you ate. And guess what? I bet everybody in here found a place to go eat today. Did you eat today? Yeah. All right. So we did eat today. In other words, ever since I was born, I have been eating without ceasing. Does that help you? I've been eating without ceasing. Doesn't mean I walk around with a hamburger in my hand all the time. Even though sometimes I'd like to. But, or a a box of wings or something, you know, in my hand all the time. I'm not just walking around with food all the time. But the issue is, even between meals, every now and then. Come on, y'all. I reach out, you know, that apple looks good right there. Or, you know, that cookie looks good or whatever it may be, you know. And you just eat something that was not even a part of your plan for the day. It was not a meal, but you sat down. Let me tell you about praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing is every day I find some place to pray. I was in the shower a while ago. Y'all want to thank God for that. I was in the shower a while ago because I came straight from the gym. So thank God I did take a shower before I came. But I was in the shower and in my shower, I spent the entire time praying and worshiping God and glorifying God and singing, Jaira, you are more than enough. You know, I'm singing all these songs They that wait upon the Lord. I'm singing all this stuff and just waiting on the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Why? Because I know I'm about to enter into the presence of the Lord and I want my spirit aligned with his spirit before I ever get in here. So I pray without ceasing every day. I find some place to pray. Are y'all with me? And even between the time that we set aside to pray I may just stop somewhere and say, you know what? Let's just pray about that real quick. That's my snack. Come on, y'all. That's that cookie on the shelf. That's that moment when I I didn't have a full meal to sit down to, but I decided to pray because I want to pray without ceasing. All right? Everything give thanks. Not for everything, but in everything. You can go through hell and in hell you can give God thanks because you know he's going to deliver you out of it. Yeah, that's good. How do I know I can, he's going to deliver me out of it? Because he's done it too many times before. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yes. So in everything. Somebody say in everything. In everything. Yes. Not for everything. Not for everything. In, but in everything, yes. give, thanks. give thanks. For this. And then he says, pray without ceasing. And he says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Can I help you with something? If you want to know the deeper will of God for your life, you got to start there. Well, I wonder if God's going to send me to Africa. Are you praying without ceasing? Are you giving God thanks for everything? He's probably not going to send you to Africa because you're not going to do that over there. Mm. (laughs) Come on, somebody. He needs the people that are doing it now, right now. 
You want to know who God uses? Those who are willing and those who are seeking him, those who are constantly talking to him, those who are praying. So all of these things about giving God glory, that's our purpose. This is the purpose. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. So let me move quickly. The will, the word purpose, and we may go just a tick long tonight. Is that okay? Are y'all all right with that? Like 815? Okay. Maybe 830. Anyway, the word purpose comes... I promise you, I'm going to get you out of here quick. The word purpose comes from two words that are used to make one in the original Greek. Those words are prothesis. Excuse me. Prothesis. I promised I didn't eat just before I got in here. Prothesis. But pro, I just prayed. Pro meaning before. Everybody say before. Before. Thesis meaning an understanding of the subject matter. If I go to school and get my doctorate, like we have already done, at, at, there, at some point, I'm going to have to write a paper to let the professor know I understand the subject matter. Right? So the word purpose literally means this. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I'm quoting from Jeremiah 1, 5. He said, and before you were born, I consecrated you or ordained you. And I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. In other words, like Psalm 139 says it like this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. But your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. Do you understand that every one of you have a book? You have a book. So let me help you with something. You have a book. And this is what the word prothesis means. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I wrote your thesis, I stuffed it down inside you, and then I released you to mama's belly. So your purpose is inside you. It's not outside you. (laughs) You never have to take a kernel of corn, put it in the ground, and tell the corn. Now listen. Before I drop you in this dirt, I need you to be corn. I don't want you to be wheat. I don't need you to be barley. I want you to be corn. Because I'm going to make some masa. So I need you to be, I need you to be corn. I need you to be corn so I can use you in the way that I want to use you, right? You don't have to tell that corn that. Why? Because everything that corn needs to be what it is intended to be is inside it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's good. My, 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 y'all. Yes, good. Man, I feel like I could preach for, for an hour here right now. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I feel like the word of God is just rolling tonight. But here's the, here's the point. Before God released you, everything you need to be, when he released you into your mother's belly and planted you in that earthen vessel so that you could come forth as a living human being, everything you need to be, everything you're supposed to be 
is already inside of you. That's so good. Uh, yeah. So, let me tell you what prophecy is. Is this helping y'all? Yes. So, this, this is what prophecy is. Prophecy is God just giving somebody insight to a page in your book. The prophet, the prophet is never, a true prophet will never prophesy outside of your real intended purpose. And how you will know it is a true word. Now, men can miss it. Men can miss it. Somebody can say something and you're like, man, it didn't mean nothing to me. It didn't really connect with me. But then somebody else says something and man, it's like everything inside you just jumps and your faith comes alive and you wake up and you're like, man, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. That connects with me. That resonates with me. You know what that is? That's the spirit of truth in you. Remember what Jesus said, I am going to bring you another and he will be the spirit of truth and he will lead and guide you into all truth. So that is the spirit of truth inside you bearing witness to your ears, just hearing truth. That's what makes your faith leap. So your purpose and your assignment unfold every day, little by little. If God told you what the end of your life is going to look like when you're 30, you would just want, you'd want to walk off a cliff somewhere. If he told you everything you were going to go through, we, we couldn't handle it. Right. Right. Because in the state that we're in right now, I'm not able to handle what I'm going to be when I'm 50. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all. When I'm 20 years old... It's hard for me to imagine what I'm going to be 50. I can make plans. I can make dreams and I can have plans and I can have schedules and I can have all these things. But plans are in the heart of man, but the answer is in the Lord's mouth. Amen. Amen. Oh, y'all, come on here. Come on. The answer is in the Lord's mouth, isn't it? So it's, it's when your purpose and your assignment is spoken to you, something happens inside you that makes your faith leap. So I want my wife, Dr. Noemi, to lead us in some prayer just for a moment, just for a couple of minutes here to help concerning our ability to decipher and filter out our thesis from all of the other things vying for our energy, our time, and our efforts in the earth. Amen? Amen. Will you pray with us? Hallelujah. Yes, Heavenly Father, we just come before you today just to grateful hearts thanking you for the unfailing love and your mercy that you have towards us. We're just so grateful, Father, for the revelation of your word yes, where in the promise that you have spoken over our lives. Father, we just ask you that you provide us the ability to discern and filter out any distractions, yes, any noises of the enemy, any that's dividing our time and our energy, and help us to focus on the assignment and the purpose that you have already instilled in us. Father, we just place it in our hearts so that we're able to yes, pursue God. it diligently and uh, fervently. We ask for your guidance, Father, and your direction as we navigate through the challenges yes. that come our way. We pray for your strength and wisdom, Father, to make the right decisions and stay true to the course that's set before us. Lord, we thank you in advance for the spirit of truth that resides in us, Father. We recognize the truth. 
We ask that you continue to reveal your truth in us, little by little, every day, as we continue to, to seek you to fulfill the purpose that you have assigned for us. Yes, we God. just pray for your divine protection, Father, over us, over our families, and your blessings that they come flowing abundantly in every area of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on and clap your hands to the Lord if you agree with that. That's what we're after is that God would help us filter out all the other stuff. You know, the Message Bible says this, and I, I just think it's pertinent. I just want to throw it in there. Matthew 13, the disciples came up and asked Jesus, they said, why do you tell stories? And he replied, you've been given insight into God's kingdom and you know how it works. Not everybody has this gift. This is the Message Bible, so it makes it a little more modern English. He said, this insight it hasn't been given to others. And whenever someone has a ready heart for this, somebody say ready heart. Ready heart. Yeah. When somebody has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. In other words, if you're not ready to understand who you really are. <laughs> I can tell you all day long, but if there's no receptivity, I can't do it for you. I can't walk in it for you. And Jesus said, so this is why I tell stories, to create readiness. He said, to nudge people toward receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. I don't want Isaiah's forecast repeated all over again, that your ears are open, but you don't hear anything. Your eyes are awake, but you don't see a thing. The people are just blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They <laughs> screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. Wow. But you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. Amen. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers among them, would have given anything to see what you're seeing yes. right now and hear what you're hearing, but they never had the chance. That's right. That's right. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Come on, we're blessed. So here's a significant issue for us, and, and I hope hope that made sense for y'all that you understood that because if you're not receptive to truth you can't receive truth so Jesus tells a story and you walk away going I wonder what he meant by that sounded like he was trying to get on to me or something you know it wonder, make sense. yeah it didn't yeah. make any sense but then the more you think about it the more you're like oh that's what he meant by that right. or until we go into the experience of something yes. that was troubling it's like oh now I get it. Now that's I when the it. light bulb comes in and it's like, that's what he was trying to tell. That's what he was, he was trying to tell me. That's what he was talking about. Yes. And then, then we're ready. I'm ready to hear the truth then. And then you're seeking for more. Yeah. Because the real truth is, is that you can't hear truth that I tell you unless you're ready to hear truth. And if you don't hear the truth, it's because your perception is not connected to that moment. And if you're not hearing it, it's because... I've still got other things that I'm trying to live in my life and other stuff that I'm trying to fulfill. And some of us would rather just be happy in the moment than to have to deal with some stuff face to face and get healed over it. Wow. 
That's good. That's good. Oh. So watch this, because this is a significant issue. Y'all good with this? As soon as we start finding our thesis or our purpose, so we got that prothesis, God speaks it to us, prophets come, they speak, little by little, pieces of our word begin to reveal life to us, reveal God to us. But Genesis 3.1 is a great, it's a great, great story about this. So watch what his happens, because as soon as we start finding our thesis, the enemy comes with an antithesis or antithesis. Watch this. The servant was clever. I'm reading from chapter three, verse one in the message again, was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. And he spoke to the woman, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? It's so weird because I have these, uh, these apps that play the Bible, you know, and sometimes I want to say it in the voice. They talk in the voice like, do I understand that God told you? And I don't think that's the way the devil talked because if he talked like that, I would know it was the devil. You know, I'd be like, hey, what's wrong with you, man? I ain't listening to that. I think he came in just sounding very normal. Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only that tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. Even touch it or we'll die. And the serpent told the woman, oh, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. And you'll be just like God knowing everything ranging all the way from good to evil. So this story in Genesis really gives us a pattern for exactly what happens in our lives. Many times the enemy comes in his own voice. But I would say, generally speaking, he's probably using the voice of some distant past. So he comes in the way of voices from our past, probably and possibly our primary caregiver, or perhaps it was a teacher, uh, maybe a coach or a mentor that said to you all the time, you ain't never going to amount to nothing. Who do you think you are? And then you come in the house of the Lord and the prophet says, for God says he's going to raise you up and your belly jumps and you're like, man, that sounds good. But you go home that night, I ain't never going to amount to nothing. Come on, y'all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That hypothesis or that uh, antithesis begins to come in. The antithetical to that. So I want, again, Dr. Noemi, I would like for you to speak uh, to this scenario, because I know in your line of work as a counselor, mentor, life coach, you kind of hear this story often, people finding their way through this stuff. Yeah, and I think the way you're explaining it is, you know, it seems, it, it sounds, when you explain it in a form of, you know, Adam and Eve, you can see the serpent, you can imagine, you know, the worst outcome. But right. many times it doesn't come that way. Many times it comes through family members. Yeah. It comes through the voices of a traumatic event. Maybe through a divorce, a spouse that said some things that were very negative that right. created a, such a strong emotion that got set in our body. And so those emotions, they're very strong. You know, you have a strong emotion of love. You have a strong emotion of trauma. Uh, both don't exist at the same time. So uh, a strong emotion, a strong voice, the thoughts of all those people, those memories of people who have spoken negatively over you. 
And many times it, it comes in the form of a family member, and then sometimes those voices turn into our own voices yeah. that says, oh, I'm not worthy enough. Oh, I will not mount to anything. Yeah. You know, you start saying other things, so now you're creating a tape. Right. A tape that not only are you saying that about yourself and then other people, you start adding more things to it. So now the original thought that came from a family member or a traumatic experience or traumatic event now is broadcasted into a loophole of a play that continues to run in a program that unconsciously, because 95% of the time we're just, you know, driven unconsciously, that we don't even know that's happening. Right. So the enemy is very smart. He knows what your mother said when you were six years old, right. when you did something wrong. He knows what your spouse that you divorced said at the moment of the divorce, the traumatic event. And he'll continue to bring those things, and you know when that's happening. So the power comes is really understanding the foundation, the power of the thought. So when those thoughts come in, and I, you know, we have an acronym, control your thoughts. You know, and I use an example. You've got to be able to be aware when those thoughts are happening capturing those thoughts because if not it becomes an addiction yes. of hearing those thoughts over and over and over again that we can't break away right. so that even when somebody's pouring life into us in that moment it's great but then the next morning when you wake up you go back okay what was what was it oh that's right my thoughts are you know my life is miserable it's not, i'm not getting what i want uh it's because i'm not worthy and then, the, you know, we start going into this guilt that moves us into the shame. And so we start going into that power, into a deeper sinkhole, just because we entertain a thought that was said seven years ago. Right. You know, you think about a picture, you know, you, you can take a snapshot of a picture, and, and that picture is that memory of that thought that was a negative thought. You know, we wouldn't put an ugly picture in our living room, but we certainly keep it entertaining our mind. Yeah. And so that continues to move us. So we've got to be able to throw those thoughts away, know that God, God has an inheritance for us. He sees us as worthy. He, can you imagine? It's so beautiful to know that Jesus thought of us, and we have a book, and yes. we're part of that book. So we come back and going into alignment of what he has called us. Yes. Those thoughts, we need to throw those thoughts out and really speak the truth of what God has called us to. Yeah. So it's important to understand where those thoughts are coming from. Absolutely. And you know, that's, that's very profound. And thank you for that. And the, the scripture in Psalm 139, David even says, how vast are your thoughts toward me, O Lord? He says, man, your thoughts toward me are overwhelming me. How do you tap into the thoughts that God has for you? So good. You want me to tell you how you tap into it? By reading his word. Yes. reading his word reading his word i know the thoughts that i have for you and there are good thoughts it's a good plan with a good end i'm good. not going to bring you to harm but i want to bring you to a place of prospering that's what jesus wants for every one of us he doesn't want you he didn't want you to get saved and then have to fight through all of your life to just barely get by he wants you to understand what it is to prosper. He wants you to understand what it is to be well in your mind. But I want to tell you something. Not always does money make you happy. That's right. I know it could pay the bill for a long way. But 
It doesn't always make you happy. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and I was telling him about being in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I was blown away at the happiness of the people. And they were living in the streets. The average worker made $30 a month. And they were waif thin because they didn't have enough food to eat. They were living in 10 shacks along the road. I said, are these their little shops and stuff? I, I was so curious, you know. And the guy said, uh, no, these are their homes. That's where they sleep at night, but they open it up in the day, and that's where they do business out of. And they were doing business like putting air in a bicycle tire for a penny. And they were just smiling and happy. And when we came together in the service, they praised God with such joy that I couldn't do nothing but just stand there and weep. And I thought, here we are in America, driving a $100,000 car, living in a $500,000 house, and, and got your bills paid, and got uh, food on the table, got your credit cards paid off, and you can go do anything you want to. You can fly over to some uh, other country and have a vacation and, you know, bask on the ocean and all this kind of stuff. And we can't be happy. Come on, y'all. There's got to be something that has to shift in us when we really look at what God has blessed us with. What he has blessed us with. How he has blessed us. And how he has kept us. So I just want to pray for a moment to help that God will help us cancel the voice of the enemy that would try to speak to our lives. God, every naysaying voice that comes against us, that plays those tapes over and over and over in our brain, that tells us we will never amount to anything, that tells us we're not good enough, that tells us we're not educated enough, tells us that my shape is not right, that tells us that, you know, our social status is not good enough, tells us that we're the wrong race, tells us that we're the wrong this or the wrong that, or I don't have enough hair, or I don't have whatever. God, all of those voices are canceled in the name of Jesus. We cancel those voices to bring them under the control of your voice being the loudest in our life, God. We listen to your voice because, Father, your voice says that you are the God of more than enough, which means we are more than enough. For everything that you have assigned us to, you didn't assign us with lack. You didn't put purpose in us without the ability to handle the purpose, God. And every person under the sound of my voice has a purpose, has a destiny, has a thing that they are supposed to do because you would not have planted them had they not been given that. So, Father, we declare right now tonight that every voice is silenced in Jesus' name except the voice of Jesus and his word over our lives. Now, Father, when those voices begin to play, let us recognize that voice and let us say out loud, I cancel that right now in Jesus' name. Somebody just say that with me. Say, I cancel that right now in Jesus' name. That's what you need to say the next time that voice tells you you're not good enough. 
tells you you're not pretty enough, tells you you don't have enough money, tells you you're not smart enough. You just need to say, I cancel that voice in the name of Jesus. I cancel that thought and I bring it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and I command it to line up with the fact that my God is the God of more than enough and he has put more than enough inside me to produce and be everything that he called me to be. I did not run out. I'm not limited. I don't have less than. I don't have lack. I am from a place of abundance. I am from a place of overcoming. I am from a place of seeing beyond the norm. And Father, today we just break every box down. We kick the box apart. We tear it down, God. We're coming out of the box, God. We're coming out of our little closet of hiding in our self-shame and hiding in our little places, God, that we declare the same thing that those other voices declared over us, God. We tear the door off the closet and we say, God, you are the God of more than enough and we surrender now to your voice, your purpose and your intentions in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, come on and bless him right there. Real good. Come on, bless him real good. Hallelujah. 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 So look, let's, let's just look at what our flesh tends to do. So we got our thesis and the enemy comes with the antithesis. And then we hear the antithesis. Now this is what our flesh tends to do. And this is what we're going to cancel again tonight. All right. Our flesh tends to create a hypothesis. Hypothetical situations are situations that don't exist. <laughs> I will say that one more time. Hypothetical situations are situations that don't exist. And you can say, well, it could though. Well, anything could, sure. but it's not. <laughs> and how many times Carl, have we worried about stuff and just, I mean, couldn't sleep over it? Worried, sweated, just couldn't think for at work for three days and just knowing that that's going to happen and it comes and passes and it never did happen. And it's interesting because 80% of the time we worry about the things that could, might happen. <laughs> could, might. Right. 80%. Over energy, right? If we had devoted that eighty percent into prayer. Yes. One takes us back; the other one moves us forward. God says, "Seek me, and I will deliver." He will answer you on your prayer. Yes. But why do we do it as human beings? Why? Because yeah. we're always looking at the worst possible outcome. Yeah. So okay, when those things happen, so what's the worst thing that could happen? Be okay with that? Great. Put it to the side. Now go into prayer and let God fight exactly for those things that you think that worst the, it's going to happen. Yeah. But we do it backwards. Yeah. Tendency of humans is that we think when well, we're in fight, flight, or freeze, that we go into those moments of, I'm under attack, I don't know what to do, and the mind responds the same way. But when we put it to the side and we go into prayer, God delivers us. We already gave it to him. He says, give it to me. I'll take your load. 
and don't and and rest because he right. he does not. There's how many words that in the Bible is do not worry. Right. Why? Because he knew it was a a known default as a human being, and that's why he he kept saying, "Seek me, and I will answer." Yeah. So we just gotta just flip the. Turn that over. Great. What's the worst thing that happened? Okay, that could be a possibility out of the 80% numbers. 80% of that? Then that means it's very unlikely it's going to happen, and we wasted our energy and our time on things that wouldn't even happen. Yeah. And all of the time that we spent worrying, we could have spent rejoicing. Rejoicing, praying, thanking God in advance for fixing the situation for for us, for the good outcome. For the positive. Yes. Yes. Somebody say, I want to look for the positive. Yeah, I just want to look for the positive in life. I want to look for good things in life. I'm tired of looking for bad things to happen. Why do we look for bad things to happen when they very seldom ever do happen the way we think they're going to happen? But yet we still want to go into that format of looking for bad because somehow there's a payoff in it. We find comfort in everybody seeing how pitiful we are. I was trying, but you know... That happened, and they denied my credit. One is comfort. (laughs) Yeah. One is comfort, one we know. It is the uncomfort of the not knowing, which is where God tells us. That's called faith, which is where we're supposed to step into. Yeah. Not of what we know and what we can control. That's right. But in the faith of what God is going to do for us. That's the difference. And I think a lot of it is about control. It is control. It's just, I'd like to control this. Yeah, I know the outcome. I know the yeah. previous outcomes. Yeah. That I know. That's yeah. comfort because I know that. So yeah. we go back to memories that keeps us in bondage. Absolutely. Not to move us forward. But we live in the past, which creates the anxiety that repeats the patterns. And then we're looking for a different outcome. We can't have a different outcome. We're still looking at it the same way that we continue to replay the yes. tapes on. Yeah. It's so true. It is so true. So listen to this. Here's the hypothesis from the Bible. So remember, we were reading that piece where uh, Satan said, did you, or the serpent said, you know, did God say, and said, nah, we can eat of every tree except that tree in the middle and all this stuff. And he says, well, you're not going to die. <laughs> and the truth is, is that in the sense of dying like die, uh, death they didn't die but let me tell you something if you take something from the thing that it came from and separate it it inevitably dies you pull a plant (laughs) out of the ground when he wanted the plants to come forth, he spoke to the earth. And he told the ground to bring forth. When he wanted fish, he spoke to the water. And told the water to bring forth fish. When he wanted birds, he spoke to the air. But when he made me, he looked to himself and said, let us make man in our own image. If you take me and pull me out of him, Come on, y'all. Eventually, I'm going to die. And that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. They were separated from God's presence. Did they breathe their last breath? No. 
They lived on for many years after that. But check this out. When the woman saw the tree was looking good, looked like good eating, and she realized what she would get out of it. She'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate. So when she saw the tree look good, like good eating, well, you know, it does look good, babe. And I, you know, it don't look like it would hurt me. I don't know. We take a portion of the truth and a portion of the unknown, a lie, usually, and we marry them together. And that's how we come up with hypothesis. Hypothetical situations are things that are not real. I take a part of truth. You know, I got to go to Dallas tomorrow. I do. I got to go to Dallas tomorrow. That's true. But you know what? I'm really worried because I think I'm going to have a wreck. Honey, have you had a wreck in the past 30 years? No, but I don't like to drive in Dallas. Well, what makes you think you're just going to get in Dallas and just wreck? That's your own fear and that's your own stuff. Just, and I'm using a stupid example, but that's a reality for some people. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So it, it don't look like it would harm me, she says, but we just take a little portion of that. We marry it together and we come up with a hypothesis. And Dr. Noemi, how easy is this for us to do? Is this about rebellion to authority or is it really about taking control of our own path? Yeah, and, and in this case, you know, you know, you take a look at when God has given us the opportunity of choice. Started from the beginning, it hasn't changed, the path has not changed. Mm -hmm. He didn't want robots to worship him, right. to seek him, to love him. That was the case. He could have done that. Yeah. He wants the free will. Like, you know, when David, he wanted men to seek, go after, you know, God's heart. And so we are meant to have the choice to, to seek for God, to love for God. But many of us say, you know, when God has set our path and he's already has our book. Yes. Prophecies are over us. But there are many times, how many times do we say, but I have a better way. And you start veering off. And then things start going off. And, and I don't know why I'm going through this. And you're just in the middle of it. And then you realize. And many times we don't realize it until we have to go through enough pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we start praying, you know, for God. That's when we start, uh, as you talk about, you know, when you're eating fervently. Uh, ben, yes. <laughs> trying to pronounce that correctly. We seek him in such a way because we have a hunger, because we're in such dire need for him, because right. now we took our own path. Right. Yet he had this pretty path laid out for us, but we had our own thinking. We wanted the choice of let me taste this fruit, even though I've got all these beautiful fruits and, you know, uh, that I can choose from. Right. We took <clears throat> our own path because we thought we knew best. Yeah. And many times, and he's such a merciful God. Yes, he that is. even though we go that way, he finds a way to go find us and go get us and bring us back into alignment, into the center, into the right. purpose. When we go through the change in the process yeah. of that, in that moment of brokenness, yeah. he'll take us apart and then put us back together into the way. What he has called, which is the inheritance of God that he has called yes. for each and every one of us. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. You know, yeah. Amen. 
It's, it's kind of like um, when I first got a car with the navigational system in it and I put an address in there and, but it was a, an address I knew, but I just wanted to see what it would do. Well, it's telling me to turn here. And I'm like, I ain't turning there. I know better than this. <laughs> and I just go on straight and all of a sudden my screen freezes up and it starts cycling and it says reconfiguring your map. You know, sometimes God, when he tells me to make a turn and I'm like, I ain't turning there. I know better. And he can freeze my map and he circles for a minute. And then he says, reconfiguring because I'm going to get you where I want you to go. I know how to get you to the place I need you to be. That's right. Hallelujah. So, Dr. Noemi, would you just pray over us again? Just, just pray over us that uh, we just cancel these assignments. And yes. Heavenly Father, we just come before you again just to thank you in advance yes, for the merciful God that you are, Father. Because you have given us, you are our compass. You are north. You, get, you take us to where we need to go. And we just thank you yes, for God. having that grace for us. That when we think we know best, Father, then you come because we seek you father so we thank you we thank you for the blood we thank you for your sacrifice and we had we thank yes, you God. for the opportunity and we cancel any assignments anything that comes against us of the mm -hmm. devil that we just hear it as familiar voices of people that of authority of, of trauma and we cancel those traumas father because you said that you have an inheritance prepared for us we just have to go and seek and choose to take that inheritance so father tonight we choose you father we choose an inheritance that you have prepared for us because you told us where it is in the page of the book from the word that you have spoken over us. So we yes, thank God. you for ordaining us, set us apart because we know that you, the love that you have for us, Father, you continue to speak and pour into us. So we ask that you cancel any assignments, not only just for us, but also for the families and the families our that are children, going beyond yes, and for our children, Father. We thank you in advance with grateful hearts. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on and clap your hands to the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Is anybody being helped tonight? All right, let's take this last piece, and I'm going to do it pretty quickly uh, because it is time for us, but I want to just do this very quickly. The final stage of the process of dialectical reasoning in which new ideas resolve conflicts between thesis and antithesis this is the concept of synthesis. Okay? So, in other words, we sit around and we determine. We look at stuff. We look at the thesis. We look at that antithesis. We look at that hypothesis. And we take pieces from every part of it. And we put it all together and we come up with a synthesis. When I was a young man, one of the great desires of our heart as keyboard players, uh, everybody wanted a synthesizer. That was what they were called back in the day. It was a synthesizer. And it meant 
it sounded like violins, but it really wasn't violins. In fact, it looked nothing like a violin. It just kind of sounded like a violin. And if you really listen to it up against a violin, it didn't even sound like a violin. But it could fool your ears just for a moment in the mix of all the other music. And now if you listen to them today, your ear goes, what in the world is that little screechy noise over there? Because they don't even sound good anymore. So it's, it's like everybody wanted a synthesizer because we wanted to be able to synthesize. We didn't have trumpets and horns, so we wanted to play them on a little machine. We didn't have the violin, so we wanted to play them on a machine. And we didn't have the oohs and ahs of a choir, so we wanted to play them on a machine. And really, none of it really sounded very good because it was synthesized. It was a way that they took voices and they did record voices, but the way they put them down and put them together in the, in the piece of equipment and the way that it came back out, it didn't sound nothing like a voice. It sounded like a warbling or something. Oh, you know, just some voice out there. Like, you don't know if you were listening to a Gregorian chant or what, but anyway, it's, um, this is, this is here. This here is the real issue of synthetics. A synthetic is something that God never intended. God is not about synthetics. God is about realities. Watch this. Immediately, the two of them see what's going on. I'm still reading out of Genesis. Saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves which I find very, very interesting that they sewed fig leaves and everybody thinks it was an apple. Why didn't they give apple leaves? Right. <laughs> My mother says they ate figs. That's why they sewed fig leaves together. It was the closest thing to them. But figs are also known as a brain food. So they might have eaten figs. I don't know. That's just what mama said. But what a horrible choice because if you ever felt of a fig leaf, they kind of got little pricklies on them. I would want them on my naked skin sewed together. That would be a very uncomfortable yeah. thing to wear. But they sewed fig leaves together to make uh, has, as makeshift clothings for themselves. And when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. And God called to the man, where are you? He wasn't asking because he didn't know. He was asking because he needed the man to know where he was. So good. Are y'all hearing me? Mm -hmm. He said, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. It's the first time we see the word afraid. You always feel fear when you step outside of God's will. <laughs> God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? And then the blame game starts. The man said, the woman you gave me as a companion, she gave me fruit from the tree, and yes, I ate it. So God said to the woman, what is this you've done? She said, well, it was the serpent that seduced me, and I ate. God told the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed, and cursed beyond all cattle and wild animals. Cursed to slink on your belly and eat dirt all your life. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, but you will wound his heel. 
In other words, the offspring is going to hurt your head, but you're going to hurt his heel. You're going to bite him, but he's going to step on you. Okay? And he told the woman, I'll multiply your pains in childbirth. You'll give birth to your babies in pain. Yes, you'll want to please your husband, but he'll lord it over you. In other words, the, the, the real issue is, is that how many women had a baby and said, boy, that's the last time I'm doing that. Every one of you went back and had another one and another one and another one, you know, or however many you had. Maybe it was two, maybe it was three, because God has a way to allow you in pain to have your childbirth to remember the fall of all mankind. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have children. It just means that, yeah, there's going to be some pain associated with that because it is only in sin that the birthing of another human being brings pain. So it's all fallen man. It's all fallen mankind. So you're going to bear your child in, in pain, but you'll want to please your husband. You'll turn around and you'll, when, as soon as you get over it, about six months later, you're going to be pulling down the shades and saying, come here, baby, let's do that again. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. He told the man, but because you listen to your wife, and ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from. In other words, I didn't tell your wife this. I told you this. Mm-hmm. Yep. You should have protected your wife. That's right. Come on, y'all. Yep. If you're really going to be the man, you need to stand up and protect your wife. But because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from, don't eat from this tree The very ground is cursed because of you and getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout thorns and weeds and you'll get your food the hard way, planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk until you return to that ground yourself, dead and buried. You started out as dirt, you're going to end up in dirt. In other words, Adam and Eve turned into something synthetic that God never intended for them to be. He intended for them to be covered in his glory in such a way that they didn't even recognize their own nakedness. And that they would never be afraid of his presence. And that they would never have to labor to get food. That all they would have to do is walk through the garden and pluck something for their eating. That's what he wanted for them. But they ended up being a synthetic of that. In other words, it's it's almost like, um, you know, we, well, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to just tell you, this this is synthetics, and we see it everywhere today. You know, you, you, you can't even define woman anymore. Because we're so synthetic. Don't, don't get too excited in here, but I'm just telling you, it's, it's a mess. It is a mess. And we know who women are. We know what a woman is. But because of the world that we live in, there is such a mess going on and everybody is trying to make us a synthetic human being. But here's what we pray tonight. 
And this is our closing prayer because, Father, we cancel any agreements, any contracts we have made with the enemy to be something you never intended for us to be. Come on, somebody. We cancel any agreements or contracts. God, what you have intended for us to be, that we will be. That we will be, God. We cancel the assignment of the enemy to bring us into a place of making hypothetical situations, to come up with antithetical situations. We cancel all those voices. And Father, we open our ear to your purpose, to your plan, and to your destiny for us. And Father, tonight we receive the goodness of the Lord in our lives right now in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Come on, say it again. Say, I am blessed, I am blessed because, I am because I am walking in my purpose, in my purpose. And, daily, and daily God reveals my purpose, God reveals my purpose in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on and clap your hands to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to just, I, I want to say to you in closing, and this is simply this, is that as believers, we constantly are looking for our connection with our purpose. God, what is my purpose? And explain my purpose to me. I'm going to tell you that your purpose is found in, inside you, and it's found in the very things that you love to do. It's found in the very, and I'm not talking about craziness. I'm not talking about sin. Like, well, I love to get drunk. Well, that is not the purpose of God for you, okay? And <laughs> that, that is not the purpose, you know. It's, um, it, there's something deeper. I love, I love to teach kids. You know, I love, I would love to be a school teacher. I would love to educate young, nimble minds. Then what a powerful gift and calling that God has placed in you. You don't have to be on a platform to be in ministry. You don't have to have a mic in your hand to be in ministry. Somebody can say, you know, I just love to make gifts. I love to do things for people. You know, I just love to make little gifts and sew things and put things together. Do you know how many people are hurting today, sitting around us in our neighborhoods, around us, older people that feel like they don't matter anymore, young people that are lost in their purpose and their destiny because they don't have a parental voice in their life? How many people could we help along the way? And how many ways can we help people? I love to do this or I love to do that. One thing or another, whatever it is that you love to do, there's always a way to find ministry in that moment. Amen. I love Joe and Sandra. They're here tonight and Joe and Sandra have a beautiful spa and it's, uh, their spa is a place of ministry. They minister to the needs of people and they do hair and they do nails and they do massage and they do all this stuff. And it's a very beautiful, it's very private, but man, what a powerful ministry. You get to help people take stress out of their life. And everybody that sits in those chairs, you get to lay hands on them. Amen. Sometimes you lay hands on them with oil. <laughs> you know, it's like, and the power of, 
the prayer of faith saves the sick. And uh, what a gift and what a place of operating in our gift. The guys and gals around here, we were talking, uh, I was talking with David Pearson last Wednesday night. And how many of you love the photographs that he puts up out there, man? Are they not powerful? Incredible. And, you know, when he first started, it seemed like he was just going to take regular pictures, but he kept increasing and increasing. And now he tells the story in those photographs. He can almost make the message plain in the story. He can tell you what was happening in the moment, the worship, the experience. What a gift. What a powerful gift. There are ways that every one of you can connect with your purpose in ministry. And so I encourage you to endeavor to feel after God and connect with those things that you really love to do. Connect with those things that really mean something to you. And let's walk in our purpose. Amen? Amen. Let's walk in our purpose and do it together. Will you stand with me tonight? Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for purpose. We thank you for destiny. We thank you, God, that you have designed us with everything inside us. Intentionally, God, you did it. And now, Lord, we desire to bring all of those things to your use. We yield our bodies to righteousness. We yield our minds to righteousness. We yield our walk to righteousness. We yield our purposes, God, to all righteousness in you. So, Father, we thank you for healing us tonight. Allow your word to heal our disease. Allow your word to heal us from our infirmity. Allow your word to heal us from our lack. Allow your word to teach us, God. And, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. Once again, this is Bishop Gary Oliver and Dr. Noemi Oliver here at The Secret Place. We love you. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Take me to that secret place.